Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. The Chicago mayor telling people, look, if you don't want to get robbed, it's really easy. Just stop carrying cash, right? And that sort of makes sense in a weird, corrupt, evil kind of way. It's basically I said, look, look. If you don't want to get raped, don't wear skimpy clothes, right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, sure. it's victim blaming. You know what we should do? We should just, instead of having debit cards, instead of having cash or Bitcoin or anything, we should just use our social security numbers to, <laughs> and then that's our money. Just like in The Handmaid's Tale. What could go wrong? I've never actually read or looked into The Handmaid's Tale. I started to because uh, Conan, who used to do the show with us on Tuesdays, had mentioned that it was like, um, it was like, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. It was sexual fan fiction. Uh, it's basically. Like, uh, that's how I feel. Uh, I was, that's how I honestly feel too. I feel like there are women that are like, it's just like this because they. I hate to say it, but it's like they're. That seems to be more true I mean, with the book like, than fantasy. the show. Yeah, are you referring it's, well, to the show, or have you read no, the book? No, I'm. I, yeah, I'm reading the book right okay. now, and it's not like that. Because when I uh, through, I can't I didn't compare it to Fifty that. Shades of Grey because I feel like it's like Fifty Shades of Grey minus all consent. Okay, well, that the consent is a big factor, right? Yeah, but, like, that's why I was like, well, yeah, But you know that lots of women, like, fantasize about non-consensual things, right? I think that's what Conan's trying to say. Right, the yeah. way it was pointed to me was that, you know, it was, it was this, the woman, the female author was like, she's into rape fantasies and non-consent. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. So she wrote a book that was designed to cater to that and that's what yeah. he said so, the whole book was about now i flipped through it yeah, i didn't it's see pretty, that. i didn't read it to be it's, fair it's pretty accurate uh matt and i were watching the show actually and we got through i don't remember how many seasons there were this is a little bit ago but we got through a few seasons and then it got to the point where there were so many rape scenes that Good Lord. matt was like we can't watch this anymore like wow. it was just bothering him that much that he was like we can't we can't anymore. that's why i this stopped watching it it was just Kind of, cre- I, I just thought to myself, like, I'm like, I must hate watching this. Like, I don't really like the show and yeah. I'm watching it because it's so, like, disturbing. So I should probably just stop. And I only watched, like, the first season. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the book much more. But I typically enjoy books more than I enjoy TV shows or movies. So, well, books can get into the uh, character details more effectively mm-hmm. than shows can. I've never seen the show. It sounds similar to my issues with uh, Game of Thrones, though. The, yep. At least yeah, the that's original what I series where, about it. where, yeah, what is it? Too much rape. Yeah, and it seemed it, it was gratuitous, and it didn't really seem to serve the plot. And it, it was a way of it was a cheap, easy, terrible way of giving a female character a a character development arc. And from what I saw of Game of Thrones, or what I knew of Game of Thrones, because I haven't watched a whole lot of it, I think I've seen part of one episode. Is that over and over and over, the author George R. R. Martin relied on rape as a catalyst for female character growth. And it was also used to as male character growth, like a man would watch his wife be raped or something like that. And only through experiencing rape could any of these characters go on to, you know, become strong or brave. Yeah. It's like, you know, there are other things, right? That it's, is weird. I didn't watch enough of it. I just saw random episodes at like my ex-boyfriend's house because his mom watched it. So there was a Netflix original series called The Haunting of Hill House. It wasn't super scary. But it was... That was a series? I watched the movie of the same Um, name recently. Yeah, so it was a series. I think there was only one season of it. Okay. But the plot was really... I I really, really enjoyed it. It was like one of those when when it was over, the only thing I could think of was, 
I'm never going to find a show that's better than this. It was just like peak show. It had everything I wanted in it. I'm glad you said that because I, I have to get, to give credit where it's due. I did recently watch the movie, The Haunting on Hill House or whatever it was called. I don't, I don't remember now, but it's the same thing. It was the movie that came before it and it was incredibly good. It was very intriguing. The characters were very well done. It was the husband and wife that were trying to kill each other effectively, but mm-hmm. they were trying to be yeah. subtle about it and not leave witnesses. She was trying to kill him for the money. And there was all of these plots going on, these very human plots going on. But the movie really dropped the ball there at the end when the ghosts came out and they started doing their ghost thing. It would, the movie, the plot, everything would have been so much better if it had just been left unresolved whether or not it was even a haunting or whether or not yeah. it was human like being if they evil. just alluded to it instead yes. of blatantly came out with it that's yeah. like something that i thought about the movie the ward have you ever seen that i no. have not it's a carpenter movie so ian wanted to watch it and it has my favorite blonde actress amber heard and i think she's innocent I'm okay. just kidding. I don't have any actual opinion on there. I just don't like Johnny Depp and do like Amber Heard. So anyways, I have a hard time taking a side in a relationship of coke addicts who hated <laughs> each other. Right. I mean, they, yeah. that seems to be what they were. They they were both pieces of garbage. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't actually have a side. I just like her as sure. an actress. And I think she's the prettiest blonde actress. And um, anyways, she's in it. And uh, other really pretty people are in it, too. I can't remember. Like, uh, I can't remember their names. Anyways, um, it's a really good movie. But the monster that kind of comes out at the end makes it almost silly. But I was still scared because it's like kind of MK Ultra, and since I know that crap is real, it creeps me out a lot. But um, the monster just—it ma- should have been like you never really see the monster. Instead, it was like this ugly CGI thing yeah. Yeah. that made it silly. I, I definitely think the mystery can be better than you know the reveal. Like a lot of movies, uh, horror movies, in particular, they. They just want to leave things unresolved on purpose. And there was some mm-hmm. Netflix original series or Netflix original film that did this. And I, something about some stalker. I don't remember all of the details. I don't remember any of the details about it because this was some October where I watched 31 horror movies mm-hmm. in the span of a month. So I don't remember almost any of them. But there was no explanation for what was going on. There was it, it was great. It was exhilarating. And then suddenly it leaves you with nothing but unanswered questions. And it's like that's the cheapest most hackish way yeah. you you could do this, right? Hmm. You don't have to do that. But at the same time, if it's going to destroy all of the suspense and all of the tension that you've built up by having, you know, a grim reaper ghost shadow come out of the yeah. wall and start sucking people into hell, then maybe don't include that in your movie and just leave it sort of up in the air about whether or not it yeah. was humans being evil or whether or not it was haunted. Yeah, there was uh, another Netflix original series that I watched called Archive 81. It was really, really good. It was about uh, this demonic cult that live that they all lived in an apartment building together, and they practiced in the basement. Whatever. But this sounds like a pretty cool so, apartment. No, I mean it was a, it was actually a really, really well done. It was a great show. There was only one season, and the way they left it, there was supposed to be at least a second season. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, Sister Aria. Hey, this is Ricky from Pennsylvania, right? Yes, it is. Ricky from the Commonwealth. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. What's on your mind? Well, tonight's topic couldn't be better since it's all girls. That's you, Miss Bonnie. And who's the other young lady? Nikki. Nikki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sister Nikki. All right. Well, here's my topic tonight. If you lose, I, uh, if you lose one constitutional right, you lose them all. All right. Why do you say that? 
because I've been saying it 30 years. And then to start off, the inevitable happened where uh, the Supreme Court threw Roe versus Wade in the garbage can. That's just the beginning. Okay. I, I, it gets much worse. I don't think that abortion was ever a constitutional right. Well, I mean, it was uh, after the Supreme Court decided it, it was written into the Constitution. And the, fa- the, the, state, the federal Constitution, it, that is. It anyways. wasn't technically written into the Constitution. It was just case law at that point, right? It just wasn't thrown out of courts. It was just court, you know? Well, because what happened then is it went to the states recently. And then what happened is the states then decided, okay, fine and dandy. Now, I have a problem with the way it was thrown in the garbage can anyway, because they didn't even give a good reason. But that's besides the point. Here's where it got worse. Once it got to the states, states could choose. Some couldn't. In some cases, the legislature just voted, blown out of the water, and now it's banned. Other states, in the case of just this past year, you had five referendums. They all said it should be legal. But here's where the worst comes. Could it get worse when you're now having the federal government or the state government say what a woman can or can't do with her own body? That's pretty bad. But it does get worse. And here's how. And this was just recently. Nikki, you seem like you wanted to interject something. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe the state should be telling anyone what they can do with their body. And abortion isn't really a right that a state or a government can grant someone. Any woman has a right to release a pregnancy at any point. Obviously, it's a little bit easier when you can have a doctor assist with that. But there are... Dozens of um, like women and practitioners on the internet and in person who do uh, natural pregnancy releases and abortion. But I also just wanted to say, I don't really care what the Constitution says because a piece of paper or a document or a state or a government cannot grant me any rights. All of, you know, it just to me, it really depends on like what are human rights is it a sure. human right to terminate your pregnancy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it's your body. You know, is it is it my right to be able to defend myself or to be able to speak my mind and share my beliefs? Yeah, in my opinion, the Constitution and uh, state governments, all they can do is infringe on your rights or be redundant. Well, it does get worse. And this is the worst part. Uh, as of recent, uh, after you have the new majority in the House, the very first week, they decided that they're going to do three anti-abortion bills. Well, fine and dandy. You know, they did one to criminalize the use of medication. They did one to criminalize doctors doing the practice. Now, that seems to not make sense, but it does. See, here's where it gets You said the state did this. Uh, Was this a federal thing or what? Because I haven't been following it that closely. Yeah, this is a federal thing. Well, here's where it gets worse. I mean, we don't have to worry about it then. Biden will veto whatever anti-abortion legislation they put out. There's a big problem here. See, what happened in Texas uh, before the House came into being, as it is now, the attorney general came out and made a big scare of everybody. So bad, in fact, that people were scared not only in Texas but elsewhere because his brilliant idea was going to be that we're going to ban you from going, anybody who lives in Texas, from going to another state. So bad, in fact, that the next day Biden came out and told everybody the Department of Justice is on it not to worry about it. Well, that's fine and good, too, but it got worse. Well, obviously, this is why you don't want to have any government with the ability to tell people what they can and can't do, because you're always going to get a government that outlaws something that that is your right. 
Last week, we ended up talking quite a lot about uh, religion, interestingly enough. And I've got a story here that I think it's sort of a follow-up to that. Now, I don't necessarily agree with anything said by the Economic Collapse blog. I became aware of them several years ago where... They, they wrote a lot about how economic hardship and the coming collapse of, you know, just the United States economy in general. And it was, it was pretty good. One of the more alarming articles I ended up, um, lear- learning about, uh, reading about was the lack of water, the, the fresh water reservoirs under Texas. It was supposed to, I, I did it on purpose, Bonnie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew what I was asking. And then yes. I wanted to ask Ian if he knew. Okay. No, I switched. I wanted to try it out, see if I could do it. So that's cool and all, but if it was an accident, it would have been weird. Right. So for those who don't know, they're not watching the video feeds. I switched it over to the article that I'm actually talking about at the moment from the economic collapse blog, and it got Bonnie's attention because suddenly there's this big wall of. Never happened before. So I was like, it looks just like ads. I didn't know what was going on if we were being attacked. No, that's just the website. Yeah, because that. They did have this really cool article about how we were running out of fresh water. They were very alarmist. And this was 10, 15 years ago that they were doing this. Hmm. And then they went on this sort of Christian bent where the apocalypse is nigh. Doom is coming. Christ is going to return. I don't understand this whole thing with Christians. Thinking, it's popular, right? A lot of them think this. I know. But like the, any second now, Christ is going to come back. Yeah, like 2,000 years of waiting on this dude to come back, right? And it's always... Christ is, is exactly yeah. what you said. Any second now, it's yeah, going to happen. Like 2000, right? 2000, you know, they just keep pushing it back. I don't know why people just ignore the fact that Jesus said in the Bible, all of these things, and when he was just talking about things like him coming back from the dead, will happen before this generation is dead. The Did generation of people he was talking to. I don't remember that, but I do remember, you know, him saying that no one will know when the day is coming or yeah, whatever except that too. only the father except will know. this one guy on the internet well yeah harold <laughs> camping right so that was the direction that the economic collapse blog went and i can't help but notice they don't even have an ssl certificate now i discovered what this that? Uh, it's just an internet thing that it encrypts your connection to the website to prove that there, nothing is being intercepted okay. essentially and it's common on almost every website you go to it'll have that little lock up there in the top yeah. and, because you go to a HTTPS mm-hmm. website instead of just HTTP. It's boring and technical and complicated, but it's really easy to do. It just costs like 100 bucks a month. And then you can prove to all the people who visit your website that they are not, in fact, mm-hmm. having their traffic intercepted. They don't seem to have one. I ended up finding this article from Drudge Report, though. I, I'd forgotten that this uh, website even existed. It's the economiccollapseblock.com. And as I mentioned, they did go on this crazy little christian rampage and it, as you can see if you're watching the video feeds all of these advertisements here like the seven-year apocalypse in times by michael snyder the military guide to armageddon i mean these people are really <laughs> oh my gosh yeah these people are all about the end of the world and they are just convinced it is coming the usa and bible prophecy i i really like this one because it's got a little eagle down there it's like get your free copy god bless america right Look, if Jesus came back, he was. I imagine one of the first things he says, "What's in America?" Yeah, right. Because they didn't exist. The United States didn't exist when Jesus allegedly lived. Well, he visited the Native Americans, according to the Mormons. I think it's the Mormons, right? Yeah, it's yes. Yes. Well, once upon a time, the United States was a was known as a Christian nation. I don't think that's 
actually true. In fact, no, I mean, that was the whole point of America was religious freedom. Right. They were mock trials. And I mean, this was a common thing they did during the 1600s and the 1700s. Where, like, if you were accused of being a witch, you were dead. You were going to die. Well, or they would do things like, oh, we're going to tie uh, this, you know, this rock to your foot. And if you survive, you're a witch. And if you die, then I guess you were innocent. Right. That's what I'm saying. It was a death sentence. Yeah. The, just the accusation alone. Or, okay, well, we're going to burn you at the stake. And if you're really a witch, then you can cast a spell and get out of it. But if you're not a witch, then I guess we'll... Kill an innocent person. Guys, hang on. Did, did you not think this through? You're going to kill an innocent person Well, they didn't here. care. They, that's what they wanted to do. It, indeed. They, they weren't looking for religious freedom at all. Well, typically what being a witch meant was just you're doing something I disagree with. Yeah, that's a fair point. Oh, she's a witch. No, I did remember. I went to Salem, Massachusetts not terribly long ago, like maybe two and a half, three years ago, and... I didn't go visit the witch museum or whatever they call it. I probably should have, but I was just there. I was running a quick errand. I took someone to get a car. But like just just my presence there as a trans Satanist in openly existing in Salem, Massachusetts was just a huge victory, a huge symbolic victory, even if nothing else ever came of it. Right. Like there I am, yeah. pentagram tattooed on my back, you know, where people were executed for way way less so i don't know if you know this but now in salem massachusetts they rep the witch thing oh i'm sure they do so they have a lot of like um like psychic shops and they have a lot of crystal shops and so they're they've it's kind of like completely reversed of what it used to be they're they rep like yep this is where witches are from and it's like but do you not forget about the part where the people that used to live here murdered them all. Yeah, 40,000. Yeah, those people were also from right. Salem. Yeah, you know, so... Mm. But it's nice that it's kind of came full circle. Or not really full circle, but it's nice that things have changed, is what I meant. It is nice. But one thing that hasn't changed is that the United States is not a Christian nation. But now our country, according to the Economic Collapse blog, is moving away from those roots at a pace that is absolutely breathtaking. And again, those roots are non-existent. Going back to the... Treaty of Tripoli, which we just saw, 1796. The Constitution was 17... No, the... What was it in 1776? Was that the... That wasn't the Constitution. Declaration of Independence. Yes, thank you. The actual Constitution was like 1780-something. I don't know. The American education system failed me. Me too. Because I don't know any (laughs) of these dates. Or maybe that it did me a favor because none of these dates are really very important. It was somewhere after 1776 and somewhere before 1800... That the Constitution came into effect. I really enjoyed history, but I'm not a dates person. Yeah. I, I don't, I feel like I didn't even learn that. Like, I learned stupid stuff all the time. Like, the robber barons wanted everybody to work hard and they were all dying, so they created unions. And that's why unions are good. I learned that like every single year. What, like, what is a robber baron? I, I don't think I learned that. I've never heard anything even about that. It's like there was child labor in the 1800s. And people stood up against the robber barons who were the business owners who wanted them to work way too many hours. Okay, so I see. The barons who are also robbers. And they weren't actually barons, but they were like the title of baron. I thought you were saying someone's name like Robert Baron. No, like (laughs) this. that was the word we used, that they used at the time to describe these bad business owners Mm. who took advantage of people. Who knows if this is even real? Since 2007, the percentage of adults who say they are atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular 
Those are all very different things. And the citrus surveys have grown oh, from 16. Oh, that was one category? Yes. But he, they included them all as one category. Atheist, There's two categories. agnostic, and nothing. Christian, Christian or other. <laughs> right. That's grown from up to 29% from 16%. And the reason I say this is because Gnosticism or agnosticism, they deal with uh, knowledge or what what can be known and what cannot be known. Whereas theism and atheism... They deal with belief, what what you believe and what you don't believe. So you can be a Gnostic theist or an agnostic theist. An agnostic theist would be someone who's like, well, I don't know whether or not there is a God, and I don't think we'll ever know whether or not there is a God, but I believe in a God. Whereas an agnostic atheist would say, I don't know whether or not there is a God, and I, I don't have any belief that there is a God. That's the key thing of atheism. It's not the belief that there are no gods, right? That's... Some people use the term anti-theism. I don't think that's quite right. I'm not sure. Non-theism may be more appropriate, but atheism is the lack of a belief in gods. It means you don't believe one way or the other. I don't believe there is a God. I don't believe there is not a God. I have no belief whatsoever on the subject. To me, it's just a giant question mark. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have a belief on the subject in, in, in any Subject, actually. I don't have to believe that there are aliens or believe that there are not aliens. I can just say, I don't know. And I don't have any reason to believe in any direction. And that's what atheism is. It's the lack of a belief in God. Now, there's strong atheism. That's the terminology that uh, Richard Dawkins used. Strong atheism is, I believe there are no gods. Whereas weak atheism is, I don't believe that there are gods. But all of that's sort of meaningless, and it doesn't really fall under the... The meaning of atheism, which is A, without, and theism, belief in gods. So, realistically, atheism is just not having a belief. And if you do have a belief that there are no gods, then you're no longer really an atheist at that point. Because you believe... Because that's still a belief. Right, you believe something. So, I would generally characterize myself as an agnostic atheist. I don't know that there is or isn't a god. I don't think humanity will ever know. Maybe it's an unanswerable question. I don't know. And I don't believe in any direction on the subject. I like the idea of thinking that, especially like a deist God, a a master engineer, scientist outside the universe, creating all this, a master programmer or whatever, creating this universe for us to live in. I love that idea. But that doesn't inspire me to believe it, you know? And it kind of, it almost doesn't even affect us, right? Yeah. Because either way it's happening or it's not happening and... What it what actually is happening really doesn't matter to me, you know. It's not going to affect my life. So why does I definitely you know? don't believe in the sort of God who created the universe, then somehow like climbed inside of it, and is now like maneuvering things, right? And oh, the- are you trying to say that you don't believe in a book full of contradictions? <laughs> I, I definitely do not. And this is different from the idea that we are all a gods, the universe, all that is or isn't is a god. I'm not saying that's that I don't believe that to be the case. I have no belief on that subject at all. But like the the Christian mythology, which is the God created the universe, right? And and then what? Like climbed inside of it? What, what how is God interacting with the universe? Because like That's why it only only makes sense to me that God is the universe. Because it's like I've always thought found it really hard to think about Christian God because like of what you're saying, it's like, it seems so simple and silly that he is a man looking thing out, out there somewhere. But the idea that he was all that he, I don't even like the word he, I really don't. Um, well, but, we can use they, but then we'll trigger the conservatives. Well, God was just everything. 
And God was like, you know what? I want to experience myself and broke off into a million times, you know, and that's what created the universe. Makes a lot more sense to me because then it wouldn't be like God is outside of it. How could you be outside of the universe if the universe is everything? I was, you know, born into a Christian family. I was raised being a Christian and eventually I fell away from that and then I got saved again and I fell away from it again. And I think I may have gotten saved again. I don't remember. What age did you get saved again? Uh, again, the, again, again? I don't know. The first Either again. time, yeah, first again. <laughs> I don't remember the first again, right? But I remember the second one because I went to a See You at the Pole rally. And for those who don't know, this is <laughs> yeah. this is something they do in the South. Yeah. Almost do you know a, what that is, Nikki? Uh, it sounds like it involves strippers. <laughs> it does sound that, like that. That would be better, but it does not. Uh, it's, what would you, it's a preach, it's a sermon, it's a church sermon at a football field, basically, right? Oh, I, I didn't think it was at a football field, at least for my school. That's schools, what this was. It was what? always the flagpole. That's why it's right. called See You at the Pole. And what is it? it you just, it's, FCA, right? Uh, future Crumb. Uh, what is it? I think it's Future Christians of America, or maybe is I'm it? mixing up FFA, and, but whatever. There's an actual Christian group in schools. There is. Called like FCA, I think. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, that's, that's it. what it is. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah that's why I would be on a football we field. We don't do that up here. Okay, well, I know, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> why I would be on a football field. I was right about that acronym. This was a major <laughs> CU at the pole rally involving many, many different schools and counties and stuff. So it was at a football field. We were in the stadiums, and I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I felt Jesus that day, so I stood up, and I went and got saved and all that stuff. It was really, I, I, like, I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I went home that night, and I threw away all of my Metallica cassettes and stuff. Uh, really? Right? Yeah. Because this what stuff's going to send me to hell, right? And I thought it was. And I mean, I did a similar thing in high school. I, did, I didn't like go home and throw anything away, but I went to my friend's church on a Wednesday just because it was like something to do to hang out with my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I already felt like I was like saved, but the t- teacher was like, have you been doing this or this? Have you had these thoughts? Maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. So I did it then. Sounds and dirty. That's what Aria said when I talked about this before. But yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't so- have any like crazy spiritual... Some people do that and then they have like a crazy spiritual experience that literally happens to them. You know, they perceive it or they start speaking another language or something. Didn't happen to me. I think I was in the seventh or eighth grade then. I, I was still in junior high, however old I was then. You know, that persisted for a while I don't know exactly how long, no more than like six to nine months though, before I was like, okay, look, this, this Tim McGraw crap is not working for me. And the reason I say this Tim McGraw crap was because I just, I just thrown away all of my Metallica cassettes, all of my Marilyn Manson cassettes. And this was the era of cassettes, by the way. I didn't have any CDs at this time. I don't think I even had a CD player. I just had cassette tapes and. I needed something to listen to, right? Everyone needs something to listen to except that weird one person out there on planet Earth who doesn't like music. Right, Chris Wade. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like music. I was surprised he likes movies, but he doesn't like music. Who doesn't? Wow. What kind of a person does? Anyway. <laughs> so my grandmother suggested, you know, well, listen to, you don't have to listen to that devil nonsense, right? Listen to country yeah, music. Yeah, listen to country. So I was like, all right, well, Tim McGraw seems like tolerable, right? And I mean, musically... It's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but I I, I couldn't do that long. Like you you can't yeah. skateboard because I, I love skateboarding <laughs> and I was a skateboarder. You can't skateboard and play street hockey to Tim McGraw. No. It just doesn't work. I don't even really exactly know what Tim McGraw sings, but I hate like all country music that's not Carrie Underwood, Casey Musgraves. 
Dolly Parton? What about Dolly Parton? I like some Dolly Parton. A lot of people don't realize that, like, the more we have a vegetable and fruit and soy and rice industry, the bigger those things get, and they kill animals. It kills animals and displaces them from their uh, environments. I mean, you could say that GMOs are worse for animals than actual slaughterhouses. I mean... It, it's it's hard to fathom that, but I still once think, you open your mind to it, it's kind of... I mean, I there's know. still um, a lot more humane ways people could be eating meat than, like, Absolutely. Tyson chicken. Like, I won't Dude, touch yeah. that stuff. That's scary. Like, I don't even... I even think about the spiritual implications. Like, I don't want to eat the carcass of an animal that lived that life. I, I, I mean, recently, that's most factory farms. Right. I recently watched a video of one of these humane slaughterhouses, right? This vegan or animal rights activist has snuck into one mm. of these places claiming to be a worker or something. They installed three cameras. Now, it uses suffocation to kill pigs. And it doesn't sound it, better. It was portrayed as a humane way. You know, the pigs just suffocate and they die. They, That's so, oh, does it with the CO2? Yes. Okay, I've heard and, this. And the video, do not watch it. The video is available online. This person snuck a video camera in and they recorded it. It's got audio. Just warning you, it's got audio of pigs screaming in agony as they suffocate. Yeah. And it is absolutely horrific. And that's the humane way of killing them. No, there has Which is, to, yeah. yeah, and it's it's not true. You know, I've been to local farms and that's what I, even when I was a vegan, because I, I realized very quickly after sharing all these videos and telling people the truth. That yeah. people are still going to eat meat. They're still, you know, people are not going to change that part of the drive. It just wasn't, you know, I, I told hundreds of people this information and very few people converted to veganism. So I realized very quickly. So even as a vegan, I always was an advocate of hunting and local, like supporting local farms. Because clearly Maybe, people want to like, eat, you know. There's the whole kosher halal thing. Halal is the Muslim version of kosher, yeah. basically. And they're like... Well, the whole point of killing animals is supposed to be humane, right? But like, no, but it's not. I watched Will Coley slit a goat's throat, and I can tell you there was nothing humane about it. No. It wasn't torturous, but it wasn't humane. That wasn't a nice, happy way to die. No, and I've seen um, like the mass production factory farm version of kosher. Oh, good Lord, I can only it imagine. Is, it's so much worse. Like, just... Just do it the normal way. Just shoot them in the head. I don't get that's why. That's what I wish people would do. That's it's, it's just normal. It's that's the normal way to do it. And and I, I can't even describe on the radio what I saw in this kosher beef facility or whatever. But it was or decapitate it, them. Yeah, that's, that, that's something instant. instant yeah. You know, like it's that that's well, humane if you're going to kill someone. What is the problem with the like? Electrocution rods. I I've only ever seen forks over knives, and I don't think they got into that. But I I've don't always think thought that kills them. Oh, I thought that's what it's for, or no. at least stuns them to where they're passed out. Then they can be killed whatever way without well, experiencing it, it. Electrocuting people to death—that was something that like America used to do. That was the death yeah, penalty, the right? Chair, and it yeah. was yeah. tremendously traumatic. Yeah. And and some people lived through these experiences, obviously, because it's not a. It was a slow, torturous... It's torturing someone with electricity until they die. But with these things, it's like they're going through a line and it's literally like zap, zap, zap. It's not like the chair, how it takes yeah. 30 seconds or whatever. So I don't know. See, I, I haven't seen that. Cows are supposed to eat grass, you know what I mean? Not like, soy. They're not supposed to eat soy and corn and grain. It's so bad for them. So imagine, you know, as you are what you eat, right? Your cells are yeah. constantly regenerating from the energy that is being fueled into the body. So 
I can just imagine what that does. And even think about people. I mean, when people eat, people that eat high carb diet versus people who eat high oil diet, the way they carry their fat is completely different. You know, so we can even yeah. see how different diets in humans affect the body differently. And the same thing is true for animals. Earthlings was one of the films that really got me. I'd watched Food Incorporated before, but that's more yeah. about how just the evil corporations. I mean, they're, yeah. they're obviously evil, but Earthlings, man, mm-hmm. that one, if I had not been in Mississippi, look, if you live in Mississippi, you're there's no possibility of becoming a vegan. Mm-hmm. There's no vegetarianism around you. There are no restaurants that cater to you. There's no stores that cater to you. You can just smell barbecue while you're driving around. Yeah. You're you're eating salads every meal, and that's pretty much it if you want to be even a vegetarian in Mississippi. So it was not a realistic possibility, but like that when when I die and I face whatever creator of the universe, I, I like the idea that the the animals of earth will be the ones who judge our souls, right? Yeah. Because they you can't learn anything by how someone treats their equals or their superiors. But if you want to learn something about someone, you want to learn what what their heart really is. Judge how they treat things that are inferior to them and people who are inferior to them. That's a great point. That's how you learn. And so the closest we have to that on Earth are the animals. So let's get all of the animals out there, all of the spiders, all of the birds. And, you know, in my crazy little fevered imagining of this, the the spiders have the wisdom to understand that they weren't killed for malicious reasons or evil reasons. They were killed because they were killed. Because they were creepy. Right. So that, that was just a part of life for them. They didn't kill the fly to be malicious. They killed the fly to eat. And we killed the spider to safeguard our baby or our animals or whatever. So in my little world where the animals are judging us, they have the wisdom to separate necessary slaughter. But anyway, let the animals judge us and say that this person was good or this person was bad. How can I would send all male people to hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't. I thought you, I thought you said coconut was gay. Oh, no, I meant male, like, male delivery people. Oh, <laughs> I was like... He is gay. <laughs> he loves men. He's, he's very confused. Okay, yeah, that that makes a bit more sense. <laughs> yeah, well, even Osria, you know, Osria is a super friendly dog. She loves everyone, but there's something about the male person. Why is it? It's so weird. Be- I don't know. Because they <laughs> My- come every day? Yeah, because they uh, invade their house. Yeah, and, and then, so, so what it is is they bark... And then as, like, after they bark, the, you know, obviously, you know, the UPS man comes, delivers the package, and then leaves. So they think their barking actually did something. They don't realize <laughs> that the person just left because they were going to leave either way. They're like, oh, look, and I did it. We have Joe on the line from Maryland. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. I know you don't believe in it, but I do pray every day for you. And I, and everybody in Free Coast Live. I pray that you Thank you. what you are looking for and i pray for the protection of everyone else i appreciate that Uh, joe and i don't a a long time ago you know little angsty cringy atheist me would have been like you're wasting your breath or whatever but you know i don't necessarily think that's true now there's there's a greater than zero chance that these positive thoughts that you're putting out there into the universe are going to manifest right Right, that's why i love that my grandma and mom pray for like me and ian I think it's nice. It's no, human. Yeah, I absolutely believe in the power of prayer. So I don't think it's a waste of breath or anything like that. I, I don't think, I don't believe that there is a being out there who can be persuaded by the prayers of others. But just the concept of prayer as a whole is just 
sending love out into the universe. You're sending love out there for people you care about. You know, you pray for your family, your friends or whatever, because you love them and you care about them. When you pray, all you're asking is for good things to happen to them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just sharing love out into the universe. And that's a beautiful, it doesn't even matter to me. Maybe prayer does nothing. Maybe, maybe these thoughts never materialize into anything. So someone's putting love out into the universe. And to me, that's a positive thing. And how many times have you like thought of someone you hadn't talked to in a while? And then they like text you like, I was thinking of you. That's literally happened to me millions of times. Yeah. Also, like I told you before, I did see the, uh, I had a vision where the universe was created when I was at an Indian reservation, the Red Road Gathering. Oh, that's uh, right. In South Dakota. Yeah. So, uh, I really believe, you know, like I said, I'm Catholic, um, ex-Oliver boy, and I had the religion beaten in me by the nuns, but, hey, what can I say? All I can say is God bless all. We have Chuck on the line from Washington. Chuck. Chuck. Not church. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind yeah. tonight? Uh, thank you for taking my call. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I'd like to take a, a minute to say a prayer for David Olson from New Mexico. Right <laughs> oh, now. that's right. Yeah. He uh, called I'm, you Chuckles, the uh, clown from Washington. David has this. David right, has. a funny person, but whatever. He gets into arguments with so many callers, and I have, I have no idea David has issues, man. If I've learned anything... It's, He's got more issues than Time Magazine. Man, he does. David, if you're listening, go ahead and call. Give us a call. Let it, let let us hash this out, because I, I prefer Chuck's calls over David's. Like, for a long time, well, I wouldn't even answer David's right call. Now. I'm sorry? He's milking, he's milking cows right now, and I tried to tell him, dude, I only got milk cows. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what's on your mind tonight, Chuck? So the whole idea of uh, buying fire insurance, and I, I'm sorry, um, I, I the, one of the uh, your uh, uh, colleagues there, uh, the young lady that was uh, coerced into buying fire insurance because she was trying to uh, escape hell. Uh, with oh, the, uh, uh, you're you're using fire insurance as the analogy, um, or as an analogy well, for really is, Christianity and this idea that. Uh, in order to save oneself from hell or to get insurance against going to hell, one believes in Jesus. Okay. I thought you meant someone was actually like buying fire That's insurance. That's right. I was like, yeah. So I, I had yeah, to. You actually did. When you, when, well, you, when you did that, in a, in a spiritual sense, I mean, I know there's a difference between religion and spirituality, and we can. Ian has me convinced that. that there isn't, that that's a misnomer. And I had never really well, thought that? about it, Ian. Ian, yeah, Ian said that to me, too. And, you know, I had always operated under the same sort of idea that spirituality and religion were different things, that you could be spiritual without being religious, and... Uh, I believe they're different things. I, I did, and I don't have Ian's capability to argue with it, because I'm, I'm a convert to that idea myself, mm-hmm. but I no longer think they're different. Well, I, I argued the, with him. Go the, ahead, the, Chuck the, 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 I'm sorry, um... The difference between religion and spirituality is the religion is the show and the theater that we provide for others to 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 um, acknowledge that we have that uh, capability to fall in line with some kind of belief system, whether that be uh, a uh, a mock vampire uh, execution every Sunday at a Catholic church when you're taking in communion. Or uh, drinking uh, the 
venom from a snake, whatever you want to do. But then you've got the spiritual angle where that's a personal thing that you're, you, every person has to go through themselves. And it's an inner thing. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I choose not to choose to, to take part in religion. So I take part in spirituality, but I have to intake what the whole religious realm kind of provides me for food right now. And, and quite frankly, when you guys talk about all this kind of stuff, the Bible and stuff like that, it really, uh, it's fun. It's fun to uh, really consider about that because really all we're, we all are looking for fire insurance and we're looking for uh, ultimately what happens at the end of our lives. And are we going to uh, find peace or, or torment? And uh, that's the real worry, I think, that uh, we have to acknowledge in all this discussion, right? I mean, it shouldn't be, right? Because, I mean, the fact that there even is a religion that suggests that there's torment waiting on us in the afterlife is appalling. Like, Mm -hmm. what sort of warped, twisted, sick human being came up with this idea? We have Jamie on the line from Alabama. Jamie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you want to hear an Eastern religion? Try Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Were you raised Jehovah's Witness? No, but I've been studying with them since 2010. Oh. What's interesting yeah. about them? They don't believe in fire, brimstone, hell. They believe mm. that uh, Jesus Christ and God is separate, mm. and the Holy Spirit is separate. And, yeah, they're kind of a weird religion. Yeah, I don't know anything about them. I had a friend growing up who was a, well, my sister had a friend who was a Jehovah's Witness. But other than the fact that she was excommunicated, I think, for dating a black guy, I don't remember the specifics now. That's weird, because the Jehovah's Witness I've known have all been black. Yeah, me too. My uh, sister's friend also, who is a Jehovah's Witness, she didn't have birthdays or if she couldn't receive gifts and things like that. Holidays or B-days, except for Passover. So are you thinking of converting, or are you just interested in it? I'm just interested in it. I ain't converting nothing. No. Yeah. I grew up as a Baptist, and I believe that Jesus Christ and God is, and the Holy Ghost is one. And that there's a fire brimstone hell, and that there's a heaven and Satan and all that, but I spiritually walked away. Oh, you walked away from it? That's what you grew up believing? Yeah. Okay. I grew up believing in what I heard about when I was growing up in a family church, but... So you do or you do not believe that right now? I, I don't know what to believe anymore, man. Okay. I mean, that's fair. And that's a, that's a valid I take. I mean, that's how I feel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wish more people had the honesty to say, man, I, I, I just don't know. One of the issues I have with theists, that is people who assert a belief in a theistic type of God, not a deist type of God or one of those, but anyway, is that they... As Bonnie mentioned, you know, they sort of cheapen the mysteries of the universe. They, they claim to know what humans are, how we got here, what we're yeah. doing, and their answer to what humans are doing and what we're supposed to be, it's, it's disgustingly petty. And yeah. who could even possibly know all that? Who could uh, even imagine or assume that they know, have the wisdom and the knowledge of gods? Yeah. Right. Excellent question. I've got a cousin, he's an atheist, so, you know. Who's an atheist? A cousin. He okay. is. Yeah, I mean, I'm also an atheist. Um, it depends on the definition that a person uses. Again, there's a bunch of different types 
of atheists, I would argue. As a general rule, I I suspect that for 99% of trans people out there, bottom surgery would be a bad idea. Yeah. I that that's just my personal opinion, you know? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a trans person. And I would suggest before a person gets bottom surgery that they spend a long, long time seriously considering what it's going to be like to have that surgery. And because of that, it just seems like in in most cases, I say, like, go ahead and have sex when you're 16, 17. Who cares? You're old enough to have sex. But yeah. in the, something like that, I mean, having sex with somebody doesn't change your life for the rest of your life. Just have safe sex and don't get pregnant and don't get an STD. But... And I don't know why people act like it changes your life for the rest of your life. And it's traumatic no matter what. It doesn't matter what the sex was like. It's trauma. I, I don't understand that. Puritans, maybe. I mean, that's right. And they, they I mean, look at how they define virginity or how they've set up virginity. Right. You uh, lost it. You never get it back. Yeah, they're, they're so full of crap that in their worldview, what they really believe is that having sex with a man is such a such a major thing that it will fundamentally change you for the rest of your life. Right. And spoiler alert. Yeah. It doesn't. No. But, but that that's the mythology they created. Just yeah. sex is this great, big, wondrous thing. And it's like, no, it's not. Well, like, and it's also a way to weaponize sexuality, right? Like mm. you people can't explore like sexuality is such an important thing. And it's just a way to make people feel dirty for natural human functions. My friend who was a virgin was like, Should I have sex with this guy? I'm just like so I just don't know if I should have him be the first one. I was like, someone's got to be your first one. Yeah, fair point. But you're you're right. You're absolutely right in that having sex isn't a life-changing thing, right? You're not going to live with the consequences of having sex for the rest of your life if you're 16 and you get drunk in a field one night, right? Probably. I mean, if you choose, to, if you get pregnant, you choose yeah, to carry that baby different. to term, then yeah, it's going to affect you for the rest of your life. But in and of itself, having sex is not going to fundamentally change your life. However, bottom surgery will. No, that's what I was trying to get. At. I forgot why we were talking about yeah. sex. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the book Nevada recently because I did read it. And one of the things that it highlights is that the trans character in there, Maria, she has gender dysphoria about the male parts of her body. Any interaction with them whatsoever gives her anxiety or she disassociates or I don't understand what that's like. Right. And I'm not going to claim to, I, I, I don't understand what that's like. It may be that bad where a person has to have gender reassignment surgery or sexual reassignment surgery or gender affirmation surgery or whatever the hell you want to call it in order to deal with that. But if there, I tend to think it's probably unlikely that that's true for most people. And I suspect, again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert. I suspect that therapy can help you get past that without having to go to sexual reassignment surgery. What, what my real fear about the sexual reassignment surgery is that like with a lot of procedures, people that are getting it aren't told the full extent of all of the possible complications. Dude, it's and not even the complications. it's such a new thing. It's not even the, necessarily the complications. I've had two surgeries and I was woefully unprepared for both of them. In mm-hmm. neither one of these surgeries, both of them done by the same surgeon, the surgeon was like, okay, look, this is going to cause you major difficulties 
for a very long time. You know, this is, yes, you're going to be in and out. You're not going to stay in the hospital. And, you know, you're not going to be like the vocal surgery. You're not going to be able to talk for three weeks, but then you'll be more or less fine. That was how they portrayed it. I was like, okay, I can go three weeks without talking. He didn't specify that for the rest of my life, I was not going to have the vocal tone and vocal quality that I had previously. We do have David on the line from Georgia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. These shows about religion are some of my least favorite shows that you guys do, surprisingly. Okay. I like your, your, your new shows and things better. That's just my opinion. Okay, um, fair. Although you did, you did bring up a good point uh, about something I didn't think about. I've always considered myself just agnostic, um, but you mentioned agnostic theist, and I think that would actually apply better to me because, personally, you can't convince me that there's not a god but I don't believe that he works in the world like people think he does. I think that either time runs differently for him, like he's uh, on the toilet taking a dump or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. And he doesn't care about us day to day like some people think he does. I, I buy into that. I mean, that's generally what I would describe as the deist God. And deism is its separate own sort of belief system. But uh, most of the founding fathers of, Amer- of America were deists. It's, it says a lot that deism used to be considered an atheist if you were a deist, like Thomas Paine. He was a deist, but because of the culture in which they lived, everyone being Christian and Puritans and all of that, his peers at the time considered him an atheist, so much so that they denied him a burial in consecrated ground. And I didn't know that one of his fans or relatives or something ended up digging up his bones and bringing them somewhere else so that he could have a consecrated burial. I don't remember all the specifics there, but it was all because he was a deist, which meant he believed in a God. But it was his God was an engineer, a scientist, a mathematician who created all the universe and all the rules that it's going to follow. And then he just let things play out. Versus the theist God, which is an interventionist God. And that's a term, that's terminology I've forgotten about. There's the interventionist God and the non-interventionist God. And the deist one is non-interventionist. Much as you describe, he's, he created the universe or they created the universe and they're just letting it do its own thing. They're letting the universe explore itself or however one wishes to characterize it. I could buy into that sort of God. It's like one of those computer screensavers. You just sit there and watch it. Yeah. I wanted to get into this earlier as well, because that's the the theistic God, the interventionist God. That's the one I don't get, the one that created the universe and then climbed itself, climbed inside of it. It's like a video game, right? I can create a video game, but I can't just climb into and exist within that video game. The closest I can come is creating an avatar that is going to represent me. And maybe I can go into that video game and I can give myself God mode and superpowers and I can be all these things. Which is why I get the concept of Jesus Christ, God's avatar mm-hmm. with God mode powers. Yeah, he can walk on water. You know, he can he can fly. He can do whatever he wants because he's he's the what is the word I'm looking for? He's he's got cheats enabled in the video yeah. game that he made. Right. But that's not how Christians characterize any of this, even though that to me would make sense. But God himself still wouldn't be able to climb into the video game. The best he'd be able to do is an avatar. But when you say this, like, well, no, God can do anything. Of course he can do that. How? How, how do you create something and then get inside of that thing you created but like that? But if he's the creator of everything, where is he outside of it? That's what I don't understand. I don't like this idea that he could be outside of it when it is supposed to be everything. We're not talking about who created the earth. We're talking about who created everything. 
We have Alu on the line from here in New Hampshire. Alu, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I just jumped in a few minutes ago to a super interesting conversation. I always thought of God as necessarily being omnipotent, but Aria, your point might be the theory that makes the most sense, that Jesus is God's avatar. <laughs> uh, thank you. I mean, if, that actually... <laughs> yeah, if I was going to buy into the Christian mythology, that would, and I don't want to cheapen it by calling it mythology because I respect other people's beliefs, but if I was going to accept Christianity, that would generally be the perspective that I would have to take it at, right? Because that's what makes yeah. the most sense to me. So I was listening to last night's episode because I listened to the podcast because I'm behind. And it seems like Jessica from Missouri came to New Hampshire, but now is wondering whether she can handle the cost of living here. As I understand it, I don't know anything more than what was revealed on last night's show, but it did seem that way. Uh, Jessica is an older lady. She's retired. I believe she lives on a pension and she was visiting New Hampshire. I don't think she was intending to move here at this time. But she was visiting just to see what it was like, and the cost of living is scaring her away. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I would implore her to come to the New Mover Party. It's for new movers and visitors and everyone who likes liberty in Manchester. And it should be on the calendar, the fsp.org slash calendar. And it's this Tuesday coming up, I believe, February 7th. Well, she is still here, uh, at least tonight. She did say that she was intending to return to Missouri, but I don't know exactly when that is. So hopefully she's out there listening. It, it would definitely be yeah. good to meet her and for her to meet other free staters because there is a strong support network. And I think she mentioned that she can rent her entire house or apartment or whatever for like $300 a month or something in Missouri. You're not going to find that here in New Hampshire. And, you know, you're she's 60 something years old. So it's not likely that she wants to deal with it. But if you're if your budget is $300 a month, then realistically, you're probably renting a bedroom in a shared apartment. Yeah, exactly. And that's another option I was going to get to. A lot of, you know, free staters, mostly younger, but some people who are older could also um, rent a bedroom from other like-minded free staters that they get along with. But also, if she wants to keep working a little bit, there's so much work around here that pays so well. She can work from home or do something else, do something pretty easy part-time to also help pay the bills here. So that's another option for her. Well, and that's typically what it is, right? The the cost of living kind of matches what people are making. Right. But if you're already on a fixed income and you're retired, that gets a little trickier. Yeah, New Hampshire, yeah. as much as I love New Hampshire, I don't know about it as a retirement destination. You know, I mean, she yeah, she's yeah. 60-something years old. I, I don't remember her exact day. She told us last night and she's retired. She's going into, you know, the rest of her life. Even if she's a diehard libertarian, I'm not convinced that New Hampshire is necessarily the right place. I've been to Springfield, Missouri, where she's from several times, and that's like retirement destination. Is it? Sort of like Florida? You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.